1: See, with God, shouldn't be any doubting. Because the source is perfect. He's perfect. You won't find that in any other situation. By the way, when you became a believer, how did you become a believer? You believe the word that said this: everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Any proof of that? No. Just God's word. But God's word's true. So the minute you took that step of faith with no external proof. Later on, what happened? Your whole life
0: changed. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. This is a true story found in Scripture of a desperate father reaching out to the only one who can help his tortured son. In one moment, he's claiming he believes in God, and that's good. But wait a second. In the very next breath, he's admitting he doesn't really believe him. Now, that seems bad, right? Not necessarily. His unbelief wasn't because he doubted God. It was because he'd never had to really trust Him. He took a chance and laid it all out there because he had nothing left to lose. And his transparency was honored by God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7, with his continuing study entitled, Good News, God's Wisdom is Available. Would you say most of
1: our children know much about God from their parents? No, they do not. So we have a great challenge in front of us. That's why God's placed us here. So pray for us as we reach out in many more areas. You see, we want to change the world. That's why we're here, to change the world. So when we begin to see the condition of our world, not only does it say to us that Jamaica lacks wisdom and they need God's wisdom. Let me say this morning, I need God's wisdom today. Absolutely Jamaica does. But so do we. We can't do life without it. Now, second thing I want to write, I want you to write is this. Remember, number one, be wise and admit you need it. Number two, be humble and ask God for wisdom. Be humble enough to pray and ask God for wisdom. You see, I need God's perspective. And if I know that I need his wisdom, it's going to motivate me to humbly go to God and go, God, I need your wisdom. I can't do this without you. can't raise my family. I don't understand. I got questions. I don't have answers. But I know you do. Now, notice that's what James told us to do. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God. Where did James learn that? Well, I want you to turn. Keep your finger right there. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Now, remember, James heard Jesus teach. We don't know how many times or when. He didn't believe any of it when he heard it. But eventually, somehow through the Holy Spirit, it came back to James. Much of what he heard Jesus speak was the Sermon on the Mount. So look at Matthew 7, 7, all of our campuses, and here's what Jesus was teaching before James became a believer. Watch how similar this is. Jesus says this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. Knock and the door will be open to you. So let me ask you to write these three things down. Very similar. Watch this. A, ask. What is asking? It's prayer. It's a two-way conversation of God. If you need wisdom, pray. Pray for wisdom. When we were in Jamaica, we were praying, God tell us, because there's so many places to go. We, We actually looked at about 12 different places to go. We needed to ask, so we prayed. That morning we prayed when we headed out. God, we need your wisdom. Seek, S, search for God's will. Remember, in the Lord's Prayer, here's exactly what Jesus prayed. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Prayer is all about discovering God's will for your life. Psalm 139 says this You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. So God has a perfect plan for our lives, and prayer allows us to discover what that plan is. By the way, God's will is always better than your plan, your will. The last one is keep. K. Okay, keep. Keep praying. Be persistent until God answers. Now, in the original language, which we don't see here because it's in English, that verse says this, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on praying. It's a lifestyle. It's not something you do once. And that praying demonstrates that we're humbled because we need God. Every time we pray, we remind ourselves that we were never created to do life alone. James wrote, if we pray, we will receive. Where in the world did James get that from? What did he hear? That if I pray, I will get an answer. I will get wisdom. Where in the world did he learn that? Well, look at what Jesus said in verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks the door will be open. So James quotes the very promise he learned from listening to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Now, when we pray, how will I identify that what, when the wisdom comes, that the wisdom is from God? How will I do that? Well, number one, true wisdom comes by revelation. The, the wisdom that you get to make this decision will always match up with the written Word of God. The wisdom you get will always match up with the written Word of God. Now, that's why you and I need to be in the Scriptures. That's why you and I understand, what what am I doing today? I'm teaching the Word of God. We, We need to understand that. James learned from Jesus. The Word. Jesus was the Word. He learned from Jesus. So he not only learned from Jesus, he then teaches the very same thing to all these people that are scattered that had never heard Jesus. Here we are 2,000 years later. And what have we learned from the book of Matthew and the book of James today? Ask, seek, and knock. You need wisdom? Pray for it, and you will get it. Exactly the same. So it's it's amazing to us. It should build our faith because we see that the Bible speaks together. Now, not only will we get wisdom from the Word of God, but we will get wisdom uh, from our own experiences. I, I shouldn't ask this, but, but I will. How, how many have learned wisdom in your life by doing something stupid and then you learn afterward, I won't do that again. Can I see your hand? Yeah. The rest of you guys, you're still in the process of learning something stupid, obviously. <laughs> we learn a lot by our mistakes, don't we? I won't do that again. That was crazy. Well, one day a man walked into a doctor and he waited in the office forever, finally got in. And doctor says, how can I help you? He says, I need you to treat my burn. So the well, doctor he said, burn. And he looked and he said, I burned my ear. Ear was all burned like crazy. And the doctor looked at him and said, How in the world did you burn your ear like that? And he said, Well, I was setting up... My wife is gone. I was setting up the ironing board with the iron, and the phone rang. (laughs) And the doctor said to him, That was a stupid thing today. He says, Yeah, I learned from that. Then the doctor says... Well, it looks like your other ear is burned. He said, yeah, the man called back. <laughs> turn to your neighbor and say, that's stupid. Just turn to your neighbor and say, that's stupid. How many want to learn a little better than that this morning? Okay. So we can learn from stupid stuff. We've all done it. Now, the other option of that is simply this. We can learn life's lessons when we listen to God. When we blow it, we learn a character about God, His grace. Because when we ask forgiveness, He forgives us. There's nobody here that hasn't done something stupid. And I wish I could say to you, I will never do it again, but I will. And so will you. And that's why we call it God's grace. Now, go back to James chapter 1. Verse 5. Let me read the second half of that to you. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, watch this, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Number three, write this down. Be certain God will generously give us his wisdom. God will generously give us his wisdom. I want to show you something this morning. I have a Bible that has the wisdom of God in it. That's the wisdom of God. That's God's mind to us. Now, I want to ask you this morning, what God's hand is like? What God's hand is like? This is God's hand. This is God's wisdom. Is God's hand like this when you ask for wisdom? How much did you give in the offering last week? Really, you haven't been very successful in keeping the Word of God. So, sorry. That's a closed hand. How many think that's what we just read in the verse? Is that what we read? Or did we read this? Is God, try to get the wisdom. Go ahead, try for it. Maybe 10% will get it. Or is God like this? Come on, I have it for you. Just ask. Which way? Which way? Closed or open this morning. Tell me. Open. So what did we just learn from that? We learned about the character of God. He's loving. He's generous. He's giving. See, if you believe God is stingy, you don't know the God of the Bible. He's a father that loves to have his kids ask him for wisdom. Those of you that are dads and moms, when your kid asks you for wisdom... When they're young, it's fantastic. Of course, when it's 16, it goes the other way. But eventually, they usually will come back and go, I wish I had listened to you with my two burned ears, because I didn't do too well. So God loves, that's the character of God. That's what Jesus taught us, and that's what James teaches us. Actually, the whole Bible teaches that. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. Understand the graciousness, the character of God. Never hesitate to ask in prayer for his wisdom. Now, next, James, there's another ingredient when we ask that he's going to teach us about. So look at verse 6. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wind of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So James gives us a warning about our asking, our prayers. We must believe. In other words, we must have faith and not doubt, number one, that God is generous and that he is giving and he will speak to us and I will get that situation, that wisdom for that situation that I'm in. Our faith is to be in God and not ourselves. Now notice the word, he who doubts. Doubting means to be divided in our thinking. I have to, faith is something that just goes for it. Beth Moore says this, we believe in God, but we don't believe God. We believe in God, but when it comes down to our situation, we don't believe God. See, you live by faith. I live by faith all the time. When you get in your car today and drive out to a, a corner where there's a stoplight, green and red, and you get green, you, you believe, you have faith that that car coming the other side is going to what? Going to stop. Gonna stop. When, when you take medicine this morning, you believe that that company put the right ingredients in that medicine, or the pharmacist mixed it up right. I was a pharmacist for many years. I understand that. You had faith, it's okay. Now, there's a certain company, I won't mention it because I don't want to get emails. <laughs> they made a new plane. It's a fantastic plane. It's called the Dreamliner. But they've had some issues. they had some fires. Flying internationally, this plane lost basically all their computers while well, they were flying. So you might rename it the Nightmare Maker. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. If you went to the airport next week and you're flying internationally and you get there and you say to the gal at the desk, hey, we take it to 747, triple seven, triple 7. not we take it? Oh, no, the 787, the new Dreamliner. Let me ask you a question. Would you get on board? Let me ask you a second question. If you got on board, would you stay on board? What's going to cause you to get on board? Faith. That you absolutely believe without a doubt It's going to be okay. See, with God, shouldn't be any doubting because the source is perfect. He's perfect. You won't find that in any other situation. By the way, when you became a believer, how did you become a believer? You believed the word that said this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Any proof of that? No, just God's word. But God's word's true. So the minute you took that step of faith with no external proof, Later on, what happened? Your whole life changed. That's exactly right. But see, steps of faith are required. So when we're asking God, there has to be this faith mixed into it. Now keep your finger there. Just turn one book, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look quickly at what this talks about. Jesus spoke a lot about it. And let me say this to you as I'm getting there. When I mention the word doubt, I'm not saying this morning that you'll never get your prayers answered. I'll never get my prayers answered if I ever doubt. If that's true, none of us would ever get our prayers answered. We're talking about a constant lifestyle of that. Oh, I'm not sure God can. Amen. And pretty soon, and you're gonna, I'm going to help you this morning, get your faith built up. But remember one day, I love this in the Bible because it relates to me a lot. A man bought a son who was demon-possessed to Jesus. And he said, would you heal him? And Jesus said, well, do you believe I can heal him? And the father said, yes, I believe. And then he added a statement that I really relate to. And then he said this, help my unbelief. Can you relate to that this morning? I can relate to that. So don't be condemned when we go through this. Let's just learn how to have faith that isn't always in the doubt side. We're always going to struggle a little bit. In fact, remember Jesus on that, that, that water, the, the storm. Eventually, Jesus said this to the disciples, O ye of little faith. So he knows that sometimes we struggle, but it should never be a lifestyle that we don't really believe God. Now, Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith, I want you to circle two things in your Bible. Now, faith is being sure, circle the word, sure of what we hope for and, circle the word, certain of what we do not see. So what is faith? Faith is simply complete confidence that God will do what he said, what he promised. The object of faith is God himself and his word. True faith has to be based on a command or a promise from God in the word of God. Now, let me say that again. Faith isn't you drumming up what you think you would like. It's, it has nothing to do with the name and claim and stuff. I can be rich. I can do this. I can do that. I just have to name it, and God's going to give it to me. I ask Mark, who is my, my cousin, far removed, what's the name and claimant in Jamaica? Of course, people can't hardly eat, and there's not much. They live in little shacks or whatever. He says, that doesn't sell too good down here. Well, hello. No kidding. So what what is it? It has to be based on the word of God, a command of God, or a promise of God. Now when you think about that, that's where faith comes from. What have we just read this morning in James 1 and Matthew 7? Here's what we read. If we pray with faith, God will answer. That's a command. Guaranteed. We must pray in faith without doubting. Now look at verse 6. This is huge. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, first of all, must believe he exists. You wouldn't pray to somebody if you didn't think he existed and he was God and that he rewards, reward simply means answers our prayer, gives us the wisdom. Those who earnestly seek him, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking until God answers. I don't think... you'll Keep persistent with faith in your praying. Now, back to James 1.6. James will define for us now what that doubting looks like. Again, I already told you, we all struggle because we need wisdom all the time. Jesus knows that sometimes we have little faith. I'm not talking about that person. Watch this, verse 6. Now, when he asks... He must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So James kind of relates this doubting to a storm-tossed sea. How many of you have ever been seasick? How did that happen? Well, because you're in this boat, and you go out, and and usually the seasickness doesn't come until the boat stops. And then it... mm, mm. How many have ever been seasick on a fishing boat? Could I see your hands? That is the worst. Because as it's doing this, and the guys are fishing, they get out the old chum... It's been there for a thousand years, and they start throwing the water, and you're about to lose it, and then somebody in the galley's cooking a deep-fried, oil-based, double cheese sandwich. How many been there? And then you say, can you take me in? Yeah, eight hours from now. Jesus, come right now. Just take me home. It's horrible. So here, here's, this, here's this storm. And what James is saying is spiritually it happens. Oh, God's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. Two days later, I don't think he's going to do it. <laughs> Tossed back and forth. Well, what does James say? Don't, don't be that way. Don't be up one minute and down the other. So I want to give you three winds that you need to be aware of that come into our life. Three winds that cause our faith boat to just rock. And we're not stable. We're not stable. We're not certain. Number one, here it is. The wind of fear and doubt. Here's what happens. Fear is the opposite of faith. We know God has the wisdom. There's no question as a Christian, I know God has the wisdom. But sometimes we doubt that he'll give it to us. We fear God's timing. And we think, well, I better not wait on God. I better just move ahead myself
0: genuine faith has to be based on a command or promise from God and what's found in the Bible. Scripture defines faith as being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. It's a complete confidence that God will do what He said. Pastor Mark just taught that the object of our faith should be God and His Word, so there's no reason for reluctance. If you're going to do life right, you need to learn to have faith that's not always on the side of doubt.
2: You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County, and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6pm and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45am. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45am. For more information, call us toll free at 779-3441, that's 779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website.
0: I don't know what to do, so what comes after so? What are you going to do when the chaos of life has you forgetting which end is up? Are you going to walk by sight and not by faith? Are you going to trust in yourself instead of God? 2 Chronicles 20.12 says this, We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. When you can't do anything, look up. Nothing is impossible with God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. His word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living.